Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hey guys, happy new year. Just wanted to jump on here real quick and tell you about my free estrogen dominance workshop, which I was planning to charge for, but then realized that this information is really important to get out there, especially to my community and following because so many of the women are in these weird perimenopause years. And I say weird because just hormones get so wacky. I've heard of perimetopause referred to as puberty in reverse, because if you think about how puberty happens, you know, your body slowly starts producing hormones and things are a little wonky and a little off balance for a while. And then, you know, things kind of even out and, you know, you get regular cycles and you don't have acne and whatever else is going on when you go through puberty. But perimetopause is kind of the opposite. Like you have all these great hormones in your 20s and early 30s and then you hit your late 30s into your early 40s and yeah, your hormones start to decline as you go into menopause, but there's all sorts of imbalances that happen and this is why I think so many women suffer and I think a lot of times like these symptoms are made out to be common and something just hap- that happens as you get older. Um, but I'm here to tell you that you don't need to suffer through symptoms. You don't need to feel crappy and that every day you can feel good. Like you don't have to dread your period every single month and like take two days off of work and be a miserable human being to your family. <laughs> and I'm saying this because I was there once. <laughs> But anyways, this is a free workshop. Um, It's on Thursday, January 12th at noon Eastern. All you need to do is sign up via the link in the show notes. Um, There's going to be some handouts for you. There's going to be plenty of time for question and answer at the end. And yeah, I just want anybody who is suffering with hormonal symptoms, think there's something going on as far as hormones, maybe preventing them from losing weight or just feeling their best. I just think anybody that's in their 30s, 40s, or even 50s um, that's struggling with any sort of hormone or metabolic issues would benefit from this workshop. So I hope to see you guys there. I think we already have 800 people signed up, so I think it's going to be quite the event. And if you can't attend live, totally fine. Sign up anyways, and I will send out the recording after... I finish um, probably later that afternoon or first thing the next morning so you can watch it at your convenience. All right, guys, I'm going to stop rambling. Um, This next episode is a hot one in the sense that it was pretty popular on YouTube um, and it is definitely a common struggle for a lot of our clients and it is something that I struggled with for many, many years. So you can hear all the details of my story, but I was quite the sugar monster for most of my 20s, I would say. (laughs) All right, guys, enjoy this episode and happy new year. One of the most common struggles I hear from women is sugar cravings. And I have been there too. I was a sugar monster 
for most of my 20s, even into my 30s, until I really got them under control by making changes to my diet and my lifestyle. And in this video, I'm gonna give you some simple tips and tricks for helping you manage those cravings, and then also explaining some of the what, why, and how, so you understand what's going on in your body, which can be really motivating as far as behavior change, making changes to your habits, and really helping you conquer those sugar cravings and feel better about your health and get to your fat loss goals. Hello, and welcome to my YouTube channel. I am Tina Hoppert. I am the woman behind the Carrots and Cake brand, and Carrots and Cake is all about having your carrots and cake too. So it's about finding that healthy balance with the good nutritious food, and then also having a lot of fun with the not so healthy food, but delicious food. So on this channel, you're gonna hear me talk a lot about nutrition, health, wellness, fitness, hormones, and so much more. So let's start at the beginning here. I'm going to share a personal story of my struggle with sugar. I mean, I was a sugar monster. My mother-in-law actually called me the cookie monster and that name stuck for quite a while because I was that person, if there was a plate of cookies around me, I couldn't have one or two. I had to have 10 cookies or all the cookies and I couldn't stop thinking about those cookies until they were all gone. And I really think this was because I wasn't fueling my body properly. Like I can think back to my 20s and I was super active in my 20s. I was running half marathons and marathons and I was doing CrossFit in my late 20s. So a lot of activity and I don't think I was fueling my body properly and my body needed quick energy. And so it was craving sugar. Like I was constantly craving sugar. And I feel like most of my diet this is where like this 80-20 thing was a little lopsided, where right now the carrots and cake lifestyle is 80% healthy, nutritious foods that are gonna support your body, nourish your body, and 20% is whatever I wanna eat. So having cookies and wine and nachos and Doritos and whatever I want. But back in my 20s when I was doing all that activity and I didn't know much about nutrition or what I knew about nutrition was just this idea that calories were the only thing that mattered, I would say 80% of my diet was sugar and carbs and baked goods and cookies and more sugar and 20% was the actual healthy stuff like the protein and the vegetables and the beans and fiber and whatever else it was, the starches. But my whole point is 80% of my diet was straight up sugar and 20% was the good healthy stuff. And I can tell you my energy levels were highs and lows. My mood was highs and lows um, because I was on that blood sugar roller coaster. You know, if I ate something sugary, cookies, brownies, bread, whatever it was, I would feel a lot better. But that feeling was only temporary before I crashed. I felt really low energy and I needed to eat again. So I really had this like crazy blood sugar roller coaster that I was on. And in between those meals or snacks or whatever, I really didn't feel great. Like I would get hangry. I would be in a bad mood. I would have low energy. Like I just didn't feel my best. And I went on like that for a really long time, just thinking that calories were the only thing that mattered. And I ate so much fake 
processed food. I like can't even tell you about it. Like I was having those fiber one bars, light and fit yogurt, all sorts of weird protein bars with fake sugars in it. Um, just like not healthy food. And when looking back, I just saw how much sugar and junk was in them. And it wasn't really a lot of substance. And thinking back, I mean, no wonder I was hungry all the time. No wonder I wanted sugars. Like I was really that person that had no control around treats. Like I was truly addicted to sugar and I didn't know what to do about it. So now that I'm in my forties, I feel like I know a lot more about good nutrition. I have tried a lot of things over the years and I really do think I've figured out how to manage those cravings. And nowadays I can honestly say, not a big deal. Like I have brownies, in the fridge from, I don't even know, like a week ago. <laughs> and like I've eaten some of them, my family's eaten some of them, but like it's not constantly on my mind. Like I can have ice cream in the house now. I can have peanut M&Ms, which if you've followed me for a long period of time now is a food that I couldn't have in the house without eating them all. Like a big bag of peanut M&Ms, not the little bag. Like I literally had no control around certain foods and now, like I forget about them. They're in my house and it's not a big deal. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about why sugar is so addictive and why it can make us feel good. Like it really does like elevate the neurotransmitters in our brain. Like dopamine is our reward center. So when we're consuming sugars, like that part in our brain kind of lights up, you know, it gives us that great positive feedback. And then also serotonin is a very, it's very much like our feel good hormone. So eating sugar can make us feel really good in that moment. It can also give us that quick energy. And I think that's why a lot of us crave that sugar. But as I was saying before, that happiness or that high that we get from sugar is short lived because you do end up with a crash and the more sugar you consume, the bigger the crash that is. And especially if you're consuming, you know, cookies and baked goods and candy and things like that by itself, you're going to have a crazy blood sugar spike and then it's going to come down and then you're going to crave it again. And it's like this horrible cycle um, as far as eating sugar, craving sugar, eating sugar, craving sugar. So some of the reasons that you want to get off that crazy blood sugar roller coaster vicious cycle is because obviously it can affect your mood and energy levels. But if you're somebody that's trying to lose weight, you want to prevent those highs and lows with blood sugar. Because the thing about blood sugar and our glucose is that you don't want it too high. You don't want it too low. It's kind of like Goldilocks. You want to keep it steady. And every time glucose comes out in your body, insulin comes out in your body. Basically insulin's grabbing that glucose, shuttling it towards the cells. And every time glucose comes out, it grows things. So when women get pregnant, it grows babies. It can grow muscle. It can also grow fat cells. So you want to minimize the amount of insulin that's coming out or the number of times it's coming out. So every time you're consuming sugar, your body has to produce insulin. And every time that happens, you are slowing down that fat loss process or you're contributing to the fat gain process. So that's why it's really important to get these sugar cravings under control. It's not simply a calories in 
in calories out situation. It could absolutely be that if you are eating more calories than you are burning. Um, but there's a few things that come into play here as far as blood sugar and hormones and things like that. So just wanted to point that out because I just want people to get away from that idea that everything is calories in calories out. And if you have blood sugar problems, it's going to make those cravings worse. It's going to make your fat loss efforts harder. And it's really, really important to get those sugar cravings under control. Too much sugar can cause inflammation in the body. And obviously we don't want inflammation and sugar can be also be really stressful. Just what I was saying about blood sugar, all of that causes stress on the body. So just wanted to point out that even though I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm consuming so much sugar, I'm gonna gain weight. There's a few things that come into play. Um, so just wanted to point that out because it's not as simple as calories in, calories out. Three of the common themes that I see with clients when it comes to sugar cravings, and this is also things that I have experienced as well, is one, having an inappropriate macro balance or eating the wrong foods to balance your blood sugar and nourish your body. And what I mean about that is that you're just not choosing the right foods to balance your blood sugar. And I was in the same boat before when I was talking about <laughs> that 80% of my diet being sugar and carbohydrates and 20% being the good nourishing stuff. So in general, I would say most women need more protein in their diet, they probably need more fiber and maybe a little bit more fat. I think a lot of us are just reaching for the carbohydrates. We're living off carbohydrates. We're living off a lot of that sugary, fun foods. And really, if we just added more protein and more fiber and more fat and things that will balance the blood sugar, you'll feel a lot better. So I'll talk about general recommendations in a little bit, but just wanted to point that out because if this resonates with you, I think some changes to your diet could really, really help as far as how you feel overall. The second common theme that I see again and again is just stress. I mean, you've heard adrenal fatigue, HPA axis dysfunction, burned out. I just think of the women we work with, a lot of times they are moms, they're working full time, they have kids at home, they're trying to do all the things, but they are literally burnt out. So when you get to this burnt out phase, like you're going to crave sugar even more. And a lot of times these women want quick energy. They want something that's gonna give them a pick me up. I think sometimes the sugar craving stuff goes hand in hand with like a caffeine addiction as well. So I see that a lot, but it makes sense. If you are feeling really burnt out, you need that quick energy, you're going to look for carbohydrates. You're going to look for sugar. Those things are going to give you that quick hit. Um, it's going to make you feel better temporarily. And then, you know, obviously you're going to crash and not feel as again and feel as good. And then that whole vicious cycle happens over and over again. Also roped into there is lack of sleep. I think a lot of women struggle with sleep, could because of hormones. Check out my video as far as three ways your hormones can affect your sleep. Because if you're not sleeping, again, that goes hand in hand with blood sugar issues. So doing your best to get a good night's sleep can really help. But if you're sleep deprived, again, that's another place where you're gonna crave sugar. And I can tell you, when I have a really bad night of sleep, you know, I got broken sleep or just a few hours of sleep, I am craving caffeine and sugar all day long. I just feel like I can't control my cravings. I can't control my hunger. I'm hungry all day long. Um, versus a night where I do get a good night's sleep, I wake up without an alarm. I'm just better balanced and I feel like my food choices are a lot better too. So sleep definitely roped in there with stress. 
and cravings and sugar. And finally, another common theme I see with these sugar cravings is that emotional component to it. And I have been there too. I do think a lot of times we are craving these foods for comfort, for stress relief, out of boredom. I mean, I have been there too. I mean, there have been times where I've been sad and I go for the ice cream or I'm bored and I find myself just snacking on random cookies and candy and chocolate around the house. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that unless it is contributing to these sugar cravings and you have specific goals in mind because this is where i feel like food can get a really bad rap i mean food is consumed for so many reasons i mean there's a social aspect to it there's a connection aspect to it food makes you feel good so i think in some cases this can be okay i mean there's definitely days where i'm like I just want the piece of chocolate. I have that chocolate and I feel better and I think that's okay. But if you're somebody who finds yourself turning to food again and again, it is something to explore as far as those emotions and the habits. Um, and of course, like those things aren't going to change over time. It takes a while for these behaviors to change, these emotions to change. But I can tell you personally, just going through talk therapy, working with a therapist, indirectly, I feel like a lot of these food things have worked themselves out because I've figured out other ways to manage my emotions or to get what I need as far as comfort, as far as stress relief, as far as boredom relief from other things outside of food. I get it. I know it's not an easy thing um, to change, but it's absolutely something that you can change if you put in the effort and, you know, looking into therapy, looking into talk therapy or something like that could be really, really helpful. Okay. So what do you do about these crazy sugar cravings? So I'm sure you've heard all the usual tips and tricks and I was there too. I mean, drink more water, chew gum, sip a non-flavored seltzer or a no calorie seltzer, remove the tempting foods from the house, which can actually be very, very helpful. I like that one. Find a distraction. I mean, I, when I was desperate to get a hold of these sugar cravings, I was Googling, I was reading blogs and articles. Like I tried all the things. And I just feel like I never had that much success. I mean, there was one point I remember making a list of 20 things of things that could distract me from my sugar cravings. And I would go through and try a bunch of them, but ultimately I would go and eat the cookie or the brownie or the peanut M&Ms or the granola or whatever it was. Like it just never worked for me. And if those things work for you, great. I'm not poo-pooing them. Um, but those things never worked for me. Now being in my early forties, I feel like I do have it figured out. So I wanted to share two of the things or two of the main things that really helped me and really help me conquer these cravings. I really do feel like I have a good relationship with sugar now. So the first thing that really helped me was creating awareness around what was happening in that situation. So for me, there was definitely emotional component to reaching for that sugar. Um, so for me, when I was stressed, I was constantly reaching for the sugar. I just wanted that quick hit to calm me down because what happens is cortisol raises, having a little bit of glucose and sugar will actually like calm your nerves a little bit, um, which you've probably felt at times if you've ever been stressed, reaching for the sugar or whatever it is. And then boredom was the other thing that I just, you know, if I was just kind of like hanging around around the house or you know, work was stressing me out. I'd be reaching for things here and there. So for me, it really was slowing down that moment, 
realizing like what was affecting me. Like, was it stress from work? Was it the week before my period and I was PMSing? Um, was I feeling lonely and maybe I just needed to connect with somebody um, on social media or chat with a friend or give my dog a hug or whatever it is. There were just things in that moment that I knew the sugar wouldn't help me with. It just, there were other emotions that I needed to feel better about, or I needed to feel better in a different way that sugar wasn't going to do it for me. So that's what I realized about myself. And over the years, it got easier and easier to stop myself from just eating another handful of granola and just slowing down and paying attention to what was going on. And a lot of times I would ask myself in that moment, what do I need right now? And a lot of times it wasn't the chocolate. Sometimes it was the chocolate. <laughs> Sometimes you just need that damn piece of chocolate. But a lot of times it was like, no, you're stressed out. Maybe I should go for a walk or turn on some music that I like that would put me in a better mood. Or like I said, hug my dog, little things like that, that helped me feel better and almost gave me that, you know, dopamine hit or, you know, that boost in serotonin because yeah, the sugar would do it temporarily, but it wouldn't be a longer term solution to what was going on. So I just realized that about myself and over time it got easier and easier. And yeah, maybe I'm more in tune with like my emotions now and it's very woo and out there, maybe a little cheesy, but it has really, really helped me. So if you're in that moment where you're like, I want another cookie or six more cookies, ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? Do I really need another cookie or do I need something else? The second thing that really helped me overcome my sugar cravings was setting myself up for success. And there were a few different things that I did. So I'll, I'll go through each of those and some might resonate with you more than others. So feel free to pick and choose, try them out, figure out what works for you. Um, again, I just wanna remind you, this has been like a decade of my life, maybe more of trying to figure this all out. And some of these things worked for a short period of time. Some of them worked for a long period of time. Some of them have been adjusted and refined and really like different things work for different people at different times of their lives. So if I say, you know, if I talk about some of these things and they sound like it's something that might work for you, try it out, see how it works. If it doesn't resonate with you, don't worry about it. You don't have to try them all. And who knows, maybe you watch this video in three years and different things resonate with you. So I just wanna point all that out because this is what worked for me. It really helped me. And obviously different things work for different people. Number one here, as far as setting yourself up for success is eating enough real food. And I even said this to my husband, probably like a week ago, I said to him, when I eat real food, I don't crave sugar. <laughs> like I literally said that because when I eat regular planned meals throughout the day and they are macro balanced, protein, carbs, fat, and fiber. I do not have crazy cravings. Like I am full, I am satisfied, my blood sugar's balanced. So I'm not reaching for the sugar and the cookies and the chocolate and all that. I was literally that person after every meal, I would need something sweet. And that was pretty much my life for forever, as long as I can remember. And in recent times, I don't need something sweet after a meal because I am consuming so many vitamins and nutrients and macronutrients that when I finish that meal, I feel really good. That's kind of my main 
main point. If you are eating enough food and enough of the right foods, as far as that macro balance goes, like your sugar cravings are going to get so much better. Even just eating enough protein, I think that can make such a big difference. And a general recommendation that I give people, of course, this is different for everybody, but if you need a starting point, as far as how much protein to eat, take your body weight and multiply it by 0.08 up to one. And that is how much protein you should consume in grams. And so if you have a lot of weight to lose, you know, one times your body weight might be a lot of protein to eat. So don't feel like you need to start there. Like you could even do 0.7 times your body weight, um, but you can slowly add protein in, you know, start by adding five grams a week and then add 10 more a week. You don't need to go from like 50 grams of protein to like 200 grams of protein overnight. Cause obviously it's not going to feel good digestively. It's not appetizing. So take it slow with the protein, but no, add more protein and more substantial meals as far as fat and fiber and slow digesting carbs, you are going to crave sugar so much less, I promise. And the other thing that kind of goes with that same point is focusing more on the macros versus calories. And I talked about this a little bit in the beginning of this video is that I was so focused on calories and I ate a lot of like diet food. I'd have like the zero calorie noodles and like the high fiber cereal and the light and fit yogurt. And I really was just paying attention to calories. I wasn't paying attention to the macro balance. So having a macro balance that's pretty balanced as far as protein, carbs, and fat can be really, really helpful. Um, because yeah, you could fill your diet with all sorts of diet food, processed sugars, processed food, and it's going to be low calorie, but it might not help with your sugar craving. So I would actually focus on eating more real food. I mean, adding some like straight up butter to your meal, it could be so, so satisfying. So don't be afraid of the fat of the carbs, like all that stuff is good for you. Just really focus on the good wholesome foods and getting enough calories every single day and the sugar cravings will get so much easier. Another tip that might be helpful to you, depending on who you are, your hormone status, your dieting history, there's a few factors that go into this tip. Um, and definitely check out my previous video about intermittent fasting and what might work for you and your hormones and your menstrual cycle, because I do think different women can respond differently to intermittent fasting. So me, I'm 42, um, my hormones are pretty low. So at this point I have been playing around with my cycle in intermittent fasting and it can be really, really helpful as far as balancing your blood sugar and making or helping you handle those cravings a little bit better. Um, so intermittent fasting, I think the traditional is a 16-8 where 16 hours out of the day you were fasting, eight hours out of the day you were eating. There's different windows. There could be 12 and 12, which is what I recommend to anybody who is new to fasting, where you have a 12 hour window of eating and then 12 hours where your digestion can rest and digest. So example, like you ate dinner at seven o'clock, you wouldn't eat breakfast till seven the next day. So that's a good place to start for people that 12 hour fast. And then you can work back to 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours and beyond. But anyways, instead of making this whole video about <laughs> intermittent fasting, it can be really, really helpful for anybody that has blood sugar problems. It can help as far as that glucose response goes, making your body a little bit more sensitive to insulin. And I think it sets some boundaries around when you are eating. Cause if you were eating all day long into the night, your blood sugar just never has a chance to settle. It's just that roller coaster. It's up and down and up and down. And I think intermittent fasting can be helpful 
helpful for, you know, blood sugar sensitivity and all that, but also setting some boundaries around when you are eating. And I think for me, I found myself snacking a lot in the evening, going after like the cookies and things like that, like making a batch of cookies and then like eating them all at once. Um, so for me, you know, setting some boundaries can be really, really helpful. And then also, you know, if you find yourself snacking a lot in the evening, making sure you are eating enough during the day, going back to my previous tip for you, because if you're not eating enough in the day, yeah, when you get home or, you know, after work or after dinner, it makes sense that you want to eat the whole entire kitchen. <laughs> so just paying attention to what you're eating um, can be really helpful in that sense and just make sure you're eating enough. Okay, so intermittent fasting can be helpful depending on who you are, what your stress levels are like. I should say, if you are somebody who is super duper stressed or not sleeping, intermittent fasting might not be for you. But if you're somebody who generally sleeps through the night, your stress is managed, it could be something that you try if you're a woman. If you're a guy, have at it. <laughs> It's different. It's different as far as the hormones go. Again, shout out for my previous video on intermittent fasting and your hormones. And related to that, sleep. Sleep is really, really important as far as just managing those sugar cravings. Obviously your cortisol, your glucose, very much tied together. If you're not sleeping, you might see higher levels of cortisol. And if you're seeing higher levels of cortisol, you're gonna see higher levels of glucose, which could make those sugar cravings worse. So I know this is kind of like an eye rolling tip like yes we all know that we need to sleep but really prioritizing your sleep forcing yourself to go to bed instead of scrolling or watching endless netflix go to bed <laughs> as i say in my head go the f to sleep um, and i just force myself to go to sleep because i swear everything is better when you get a good night's sleep i just feel like when you're not sleeping everything sucks you're in a bad mood you don't have energy you're snapping at your kids you're craving sugar you can't manage your appetite um, i just feel like the sleep is so so important so if you're thinking of me at any point at night think of me saying go the f to sleep <laughs> and then finally i did touch upon this briefly i'm um, talking about sleep but managing stress, which I know is so annoying to hear, but anytime we are stressed out, it makes sense that we're gonna crave that quick energy. So anything you could do to distress, set some boundaries around work, um, take some time for yourself, anything to make that stress better is going to help as far as those sugar cravings go. And when you are stressed out, remember what I was saying, slow down that moment, really pay attention to what's happening in that moment and ask yourself, what do I need right now? I think that can be really, really helpful. So if you enjoyed this video, please take a second to like it and subscribe to my channel. Also, I would love for you to share this video with a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, anybody who struggles with sugar cravings because they might find it helpful. And also I have a great freebie for you. So I have a seven day sugar-free meal plan that gives you a week long sample meal plan with what to eat, when to eat it, the recipes um, that can help you as far as better balancing your blood sugar and helping you with your sugar cravings. So you get that week long meal plan, you get a grocery list that you could take right to the grocery store, buy what you need, bring it home, get started right away. And then there's also a ton of whole food, healthy recipes that are easy and delicious to help get you started as far as working on your sugar cravings and helping you on this health journey. So I'll include the link in the notes. It's totally free. Just sign up, download it and get going.